Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just two of the boys. I just about said Thacker. Jesus, he's not here. He had mic issues. Kyle and Matt, they're both here. Jesus Christ. Oh, fellas, I love a fun intro like that. Anyways, we are talking about the season finale of The Last of Us. Fellas, just as quickly as it feels like it began, we're already talking about the finale. So before we go specifically into this episode... Uh, what are some overall thoughts we have kind of on the season? Because I, I feel like this show, for a video game adaptation, it did really fucking well. I think this is a really, really good video game adaptation, but I'm interested in y'all's thoughts. So, Kyle, you first, Matt, we'll get you after, and then we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into the episode. Yeah, I think uh, overall, uh, there were a lot of things that this show did very well when it comes to adaptations. Uh, I think that when it comes to adapting things like usually from books to movies, uh, making changes from the source material is usually not a decision that goes over well with fans. And me personally, I feel that most of the changes done in this show from the source material were yes. good. They were definitely accepted. Uh, I think that there was a lot of background and uh, character depth that was added that we couldn't, you know, uh, really have had in the game because of the way it was set up. And I think that the way that the game told the story was perfect. I think that that was exactly how the game should have told it. And the way that the show did it was, you know, near perfect. I, I had some, I had some, you know, critiques here and there, but I would say that for, you know, as bad as they could have done, as bad as we have seen adaptations come out from video games, yes. this one set the high bar. I mean, it is the new mark for video game adaptations and what we should expect from, you know, anything going forward because there was a lot of respect for the source material as well as, you know, a little creative twist to kind of make it their own. And I really respected that. Yes, I completely agree with you, Kyle, especially when it comes to adaptations from video games, because we have a long history of, of movies and, and maybe some TV shows that were based off games that just did did not, you know, knock the, you know, knock it out of the park. Um, but I think one thing that really helped with the show is the fact that it was, you know, Neil Druckmann, who is, you know, the creator of The Last of Us, the creative director and all of that worked so closely with the show and even directed a few of the episodes themselves. And I think the fact that they worked so close with the studio is why they did such a phenomenal job as far as, you know, even like adding additional parts to the story that that could have easily fit into the game. Um, it, it didn't feel shoehorned, but we had like a, a couple of a nice little, you know, uh, look uh, like a look into like how things were before the, uh, the infection started and a, a additional story that added to, you know, what we've already got from the game. And the, the fact that everybody, all the, all the characters casted in the show just did, you know, played their character so well, they, they, you know, melded themselves they, into that role. They became that character and the chemistry, especially with, you know, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, like everybody, just blew my mind. Like I, they, it was such a passionate project, and, and and it showed. Now I do have a couple of 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 very minor gripes about some things. Like I think that my primary thing that I was very disappointed about, especially in the last couple of episodes, was the lack of infected. Because you know, 
the whole entire series is really based on the, the survival of, you know, the infection and, and all that. And, like, they really blew their load in the beginning of the show. Yes. Up to, up to like, the five or six episodes. And then the last couple that we got, um, especially during the whole arc with, with David and everything, we were supposed to get a lot more infected, but they really just decided, you know, not to do it. But at least uh, from what I, I've seen is more infected are promised for the second season, which, I, I God, I hope so, because there's a lot. There's a lot in uh, in, in, in part two. Um so, especially after watching the finale, I feel like everything came together. I, I feel very satisfied with you know what we were given. Uh, I don't think I could have asked for anything better, honestly. It's, there's a lot of good changes uh, that they made that, you know, because when you're doing a TV show compared to a game, you do have to shorten things because these episodes are only up to about 45 minutes, up to an hour, whereas the game is just, you know, hours and hours of gameplay and, and story to tell. So they they fitted everything that we needed, especially for, you know, people who play the original and the remake, the remaster and, you know, enough for us to be satisfied and for people who are new to the series who maybe, you know, just bought the game because they really like the show, um, you know, after they're watching it, you know, they, they got they got all the story beats that are necessary to understand. And I'm really looking forward to, like, what they do in season two. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you're you're spot on that the biggest negative in this show was how early on everything relied way too much on the infected and how later on there just really wasn't hardly a mention of them. You know, like there's, there's several parts that, yeah, I just feel like, you know, one of the things that I criticize people that, you know, didn't, cause I think that it's fair to criticize this show. I think there are things that they could have done better. And I think that there are things that, you know, the show didn't really nail as a whole, uh, and there are people that will hear criticism of this show and because they're fanboys and not honest critics, they'll take it personally. Um, I think that it got to the point where they kept telling us about the infected. They kept telling us about how much of a threat they were. They kept telling us that, oh, they're out there. Well, the problem is over like the last three episodes, you know, we saw one of them and left behind and we really didn't see anything else beyond that. And I think that that's my biggest negative is it's almost like, they wanted to focus more on the humans and it kind of ran into a problem that I have with like, I'll give you a great example. Matt's going to laugh his ass off when I says, when I say this, it's a, it's a very similar problem I have with the transformers movies. Yes. 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 Why, why do you go see a transformers movie for the transformers? You don't go for the stupid ass human plot line. You don't go for that. What do you go see a Godzilla movie for? You go see it for Godzilla. You don't go see it for the crappy human storyline. Same thing with the King Kong movie, with, with, with any kind of movie like this or anything that, you know, emphasizes a certain element of the plot. You go to see that. You don't go to see some, some secondary storyline that you just care less about. And yes, The Infected, it was very, very clear in episode five. We get it. In big packs and big numbers, they are a big threat right here. But from there, we just don't see them hardly at all. And for me, that doesn't work all that much. Now, in terms of this episode, I thought this episode was fantastic. I thought that episode eight was a real letdown. And I'm going to stay on that hill for several reasons. It was a real, real letdown. I think that all three of us were on that episode. We all pretty much said the same things and we all agreed. That was a letdown of an episode. Now, it's still an episode I'd give like an 8 out of 10, but it's an episode that should have been one of the best. And instead, I would call it a bottom three episode of the season. 
doesn't say very much when there's nine episodes, but here we are. Uh, I think that this episode does a good job, and and this is gonna sound crazy considering how it's been how it's been criticized. I thought the pacing in this episode was one of the best examples of pacing in the series yet, because it is hard in 55 minutes to cram the entire last part of the game into 55 minutes, and yet I don't really feel like it was rushed. I felt very much like it flowed very, very well. And yes, there were things that were different. For example, the entire, like, you know, tunnel sequence being taken out of the game and, and turned into, you know, they get ambushed by the fireflies, they get knocked out, and, you know, when they wake up, they're in the hospital. I thought that worked, because I think that at a certain point, every episode can't be an hour and a half long. I think that you should save that for, you know, you're more story-driven ones. I think episode one being an hour and a half long made sense because it had to set up this whole world. That made 100% sense. But I feel like the pacing in this one, it really is good. And yes, I am including the sequence, the montage, where Joel is going through the hospital, killing all the fireflies. Because that's a very long sequence in the game. I think they did the best with that that they could. So, yeah, Kyle, I want you to talk a little bit. What, what, what were some standout moments in this episode for you? I know that there, there's one kind of hint at a character that me and you have talked about, and we don't really know if it's an actual hint or if it's just a coincidence, but I do think it's interesting if it is turns out to be significant. Interesting that they might have hinted at Abby here. Yes, uh, I, I do have to agree with the pacing. I think that there wasn't much of an issue, in my opinion, with the pacing. I thought that it was done very well. Um, the entire montage of Joel going through, I think... The way that they did it was, you know, I don't want to say perfect, but it, it was done as perfect as they could because, like you said in the game, it's a very long sequence. And, I mean, imagine if that scene was 15 minutes long. Yeah. At some point, it's like, yo, am I watching Last of Us or am I watching John Wick? You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that they showed, you know, a few of them really you know up close cuz it yeah it wasn't just oh Joel shooting them it was when Joel stuck that knife in that dude's neck and you saw the anger on his face it was the emotion you felt behind Joel doing everything that he did and it what it's what makes that scene that that whole part the whole ending of this show of this game one of the most controversial topics because you know it obviously begs the argument, do you believe that Joel's the bad guy? And obviously we have our opinions on that that, you know, we've discussed heavily. <laughs> but I really do want to believe that was Abby. I want to believe so bad because it's so cool how far they think ahead with these things. And there, you know, we obviously know that she was there during that time when Joel was killing them. Yes. And they showed someone getting away, and when people slowed it down, they saw that that someone had a braid. Abby has a braid. She was in the hospital. She got away. Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't put things in here for no reason. In, I want to say, the second episode, there was a really tiny Easter egg that I picked up on that I was so excited about. It was just a little giraffe-stuffed animal. And yes. it took us until here to see what that meant. But those of us who played the game got to see. We all knew. We were like, oh, you know, we know what that means. Because, you know, the draft comes in later. And 
it, it's it's really cool to think that you know that was a real giraffe by the way that was yeah, not cgi it was that, real. Was, <laughs> that was that was also really impressive that they actually worked with a live giraffe <laughs> But it's it's really interesting to think that that could have been Abby that we saw. That they may already have her cast and have an idea of what they're doing, you know, for the second season this far ahead. Um, it's just part of the genius, I think, behind the writing of, you know, not just Neil Druckmann, but the entire team behind the game and, you know, the show. Yeah, I agree. I think that the giraffe scene, that's such a standout moment from the game. You know, we've, we've all played through the game relatively recently. I know, Matt, you were playing through part one at some point recently in the middle yeah. of the show. Yeah. Um, that's such a, such an iconic scene. I remember the first time I saw it playing the game. That That's just one of the best scenes in the entire in the entire game, you know, for the entire 15 to 20 hour runtime. Phenomenal scene. I, I think they knocked that out of the park. I like that that was one of the scenes, you know, they talk in the production about there were several scenes from the game they didn't want to alter. And I like that this was one of them, that they didn't alter it all that much and they kept it as close to the source material as possible. So that that was something I was a fan of. Matt, uh, we finally get to see Marlene again. And we've yep. talked so much about how Gabriel Gabriel Luna as uh, Tommy has been awesome. Lamar Johnson as, as you know, Henry was awesome. And how all these characters were great. I, I'm not convinced that... Or I can't. I can't. I guess I can't be convinced that Merle Dandridge might might be just the best live action depiction of Marley. And I feel like a lot of that is because she's also the voice of her. Yeah. I, I I I I hate that we're not going to see any more of her moving forward. But I really did love Merle Dandridge in the show, and I think that you hit it on the head. They knocked it out of the park with the show. The way they casted all these characters. Yes, they did. And um, I think it was a genius idea casting Merle Dandridge as to play the character she played in the game. And it all came together in this episode, especially when she's telling Joel, you know, what's going to happen to Ellie. And you can see just slowly her heart breaking. She, she doesn't want to do this. She loves Ellie. And, you know, she's she's not this monster that, you know, Joel sees her as because he's like, you're okay with this. You're okay with, you know, killing Ellie. And I love the fact that she even got more to do in the beginning of this episode, you know, touching on the fact that, you know, Ashley Johnson playing Ellie's mom. Yes. And getting the whole sequence where, um, where Marlene finds her and, you know, Ellie's mom asks her to kill her because she's already been bit. She, you know, she gave birth to Ellie and she asks, she asks her to take her in and to take care of her. And at first, Marlene's very reluctant to do so, but eventually she, you know, comes to it. And then she's reluctant to kill her. She's just basically going to say, no, I'm just going to let you sit here, turn, and that's it. But, you know, I think the thing is, Marlene is such a loving and caring character. And I think that I'm so happy that we got a bit of development with her and Ellie's mom, because you could tell that they're close. She really didn't want to have to kill, you know, someone who's like a best friend to her especially after, you know, she gave birth to Ellie. And then, God, I was so not looking forward to the scene where, uh, in the parking garage, where, yes. <laughs> where she confronts Joel, who, ha who now has rescued Ellie and is taking her to a car, and she, she stops him. And, you know, she's just telling her, you know, this is, and this is one of my favorite lines from the game, where he's like, you think this is what she wants? 
you know, this isn't, you know, this is the choice that she wants to make or whatever. And she was like, well, how do you know, you know, basically what you're doing is a choice that she wants to make. You know, nobody can speak for Ellie. But I think Marlene gets that more than Joel because Joel is just completely, you know, focused on getting Ellie out of there and saving her life. Even at, even at the cost of, you know, p- potentially curing the infection. And God, mm-hmm. she did such a great job, especially when you hear the gunshot and she's down on the ground begging for her life, just asking Joel to let her go. And then he says, you'll just keep coming after, you'll just keep coming for her. And then he shoots her. So God, that, that whole entire scene just resonated so hard. Like, I, I, I know that maybe like say this might be a little controversial, but I think it was done so much better here in the show than it was in the game. If that makes any sense. Just, just for me personally, cause like, no, I, just think, the, I think they're pretty close. I don't think that's, I don't think that's completely off the wall to say. I, yeah. I would say I think in the show you could feel a lot more emotion coming from the yeah. actors than you could from yeah. the game. I mean, there's only so much obviously you can do in the game, um, but for what they did, it was fantastic. But I, I think that that is where I agree. The emotion I felt in those scenes was a little bit deeper, just because the, you know nothing beats you know live action being done. In that kind of way, it's just it's so damn good. the The casting, as we've said throughout every single episode, has been fantastic, and it makes me so excited for season two because I know they're gonna do just as good of a job, and they have some really heavy roles to you know portray that I cannot wait for. Well, I have a question because this is a theory that I saw brought up. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or somewhere else. Might have been on TikTok. Who knows? Um. But the beginning of this episode kind of hints at how Ellie is immune. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. It kind of hints at that a little bit. And uh, it raises an interesting question of, could a vaccine have actually been, you know, formed from Ellie's sacrifice? Like, could could they have possibly made it? And I, I think there is a. I have a lot more questions. I think about that than I did before, just because really Ellie's immunity and why she's immune has never really been in question. It's never been clear, never really been explained, and it's kind of been left in obscurity a little bit. And I feel like the explanation of well, she's immune because the cord just happened to get cut right after you know her mom is bit. This, that, the other. I don't know. Like to me, that 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 it almost justifies Joel a little bit more because I'm not so sure a vaccine could have been reverse engineered from her. Yeah. How do we know that it wasn't just dumb luck that she ended up being immune? How do we know that it was something in her body that she just happened to be immune? It could have just been dumb luck that, okay, so they cut the cord at the right time at her birth and, you know, enough of the tendril, what I don't know enough science here. I was a journalism major folks. So forgive me. I, I, I took it because I could only had to do one math, but like, I don't know. Like for me, it almost justifies Joel's actions a little more because I trust less and less after watching this show that the Fireflies would have actually been able to reverse engineer a vaccine. And that was probably a lot of gibberish that made no sense. And if it is, I'm sorry for wasting the last minute and a half of your life. But, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I, I think that one thing with, with Ashley Johnson, and I will say it was something that I got over relatively quickly because again, just like Troy Baker, just like Jeffrey Pierce, I feel like Ashley Johnson's a really, really good actress. 
And it took me a second to kind of get used to hearing her voice and it not being Ellie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it took me a second. It was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. And and it wasn't really a negative. It was just that it was kind of weird. Um, but that was just, that was one of the most emotional scenes of the whole show. The one with her and Marlene where, you know, she hands baby Ellie off. She's telling her, like, I want you to shoot me because I'm not going to turn into one of those things. And, you know... Marlene originally isn't going to do it. And then, you know, she starts screaming at her to do it. After she walks out of the room, she hands off the baby to one of the goons and just walks back in there, puts one between her eyes. And it was, it was hard to watch. I, I will tell y'all sitting there watching it. I was uncomfortable probably for the first time all show. Yeah. I, I was really like uncomfortable not knowing what was about to happen. Like it was very, very unsettling. But it was unsettling in a good way. Like, you know, you remember when Joker came out, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, obviously. Like, what made that movie so great, in my opinion, was that it made you feel uncomfortable with what you were watching. But it wasn't uncomfortable, like, in a bad way. It was just, it it gave you a feeling that not a lot of movies could give you at the time. This gave me a feeling not a lot of shows have given me up to this point. I'm sure Game of Thrones, if I ever one day decide to start it, that'll never happen. Uh, you know, that'll, there'll probably be scenes in that show from things that I've heard that would make me feel that way, but it genuinely made me feel uncomfortable on it. I like that this show made me feel something like that. So getting into kind of the closing thoughts of this episode, was I the only one that loved that the ending of this show was just as sudden as the ending of the game? Yeah. I yes. Thought, I thought that was fantastic. Used the same, the same mu- music, the same score, the same everything, same camera framing. It was all. It felt the exact same. And again, like it's it's such a that's such an important moment. And Matt, I can let you maybe talk about this as well. It's such an important moment because I think that when we all saw that moment back in 2013 when we played the game or 2012 whenever the game came out, when we saw that for the first time, I think we all knew that Ellie didn't believe Joel. When, no, she, when he no. said he was telling the truth. I don't think any of us thought he believed her. And I thought that Bella Ramsey, again, closes an excellent performance in this whole show. Really sells that there. that She doesn't really believe him, but she kind of just accepts the answer that he gives her. Yeah, and then, and then the thing is, what what can she really do? Because, you know, she she was knocked out the entire time. And she's been with Joel for this entire adventure and over the over these past few episodes, you know, she's come to trust him and, and see him as, as a father. And I guess, you know, a part of her has to accept the fact that this is this is what he's telling her. You know, she can't call him a liar right then and there. And then, you know, so it, it was definitely difficult. And, and Bella's facial expressions on there really sold it that, you know, I don't believe you. I think you're lying to me. So good on her, like really good job. And again, the way that this episode ended was perfect. I'm very glad they didn't try to add some extra stuff of, of them, you know, you know, go, getting into the town and, um, and, and seeing everybody, you know, I, I like the fact that it ended just like in the game because the people who haven't played the game or just watching the show are getting the exact same, you know, abrupt ending and then set off to, you know, what comes next? Because for the longest time we've had to sit there and be like, what's going to come next? So, you know, really good thing. We didn't know we were going to be getting a sequel, man. It was years before the sequel was even announced. So, no, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, we really didn't. Um, And it it pays off so well when, you know, the beginning of of part two. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about that much because we're talking about, you know, the finale of season one. We're not talking part two, but it, it's really going to set up to what what's to come, especially this episode where you see that Joel is not this good guy. Like you see how he's just gunning down all the fireflies mercilessly. Um, and then, you know, when he shoots the surgeon in the head, I wanted to point something out. The zoom in on the surgeon is very important. There is a reason why they are so focused on him. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm just going to say it. I'm team Joel. Joel did nothing wrong. I would have done the same thing in his position, man. Fuck you, man. I don't get... I just played it. I just played it. But, yeah, speaking of uh, that part with the doctors, um, so, you know, obviously in the game... Uh, you have to kill that one doctor, but then the nurses, you have the choice to kill them or not, and the show made it canon that Joel did not. So if you killed them in the game, you're officially you're a bad guy. <laughs> you, you are you are the bad guy. You're the villain of this story. <laughs> but uh, another interesting thing about that is one of the nurses was Laura Bailey, a big character from Last of Us Part Two. Um voiced abby one of the main characters for those who haven't played part two you will get to meet her in the second season hopefully knocked it out of the park is abby. <laughs> yeah i <laughs> i thought it was really cool that they found a way to bring in so many so many people from the game you know ashley johnson troy baker and freaking uh laura bailey as one of the nurses i mean she didn't really have any speaking roles but it's still cool how they keep these actors and actresses involved. Um, but yeah, she was in there as one of the nurses. And I, I just really enjoy seeing those little Easter eggs and, you know, knowing, like pointing yeah. at the screen like Leo, like, hey, I know who that is. <laughs> you, were, you did the whole Leonardo DiCaprio meme, didn't you? So, yep, oh, I did. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even notice. Now I need to go back and rewatch the episode so I can actually see that. That's funny. Now I, I love Laura Bailey. I thought I think she's fantastic in the second game. Um, obviously, I don't think she's going to have much of a role in the in the second season. But uh, if you did kill the nurses in the game, um, that was officially your notice. You might be a bastard. Not going to lie, <laughs> you might be an evil motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that this whole season, I think it was very strong start to finish. There were absolutely some moments where you maybe wish for a little bit more. I wish like episode two is one that I've gone back to consistently. And I've said, you know, it worked a lot for me at the time. Doesn't really work as much for me now for some reason. And maybe that's just because of some of the episodes we've gotten recently, like the Left Behind episode, which, by the way, has a 7.4 on IMDb because of fucking review bombers. I just found out recently. Wow. That's that's fucking that's so stupid. That is beyond stupid me. That episode was great. In my opinion, that, that was probably behind episode five, my second favorite episode. Yeah. Like I thought I thought Left Behind was incredible. And of course, obviously, we, we all know why episode three was review bombed. It's equally as stupid yeah. as as episode seven getting review bombed. Just just absolutely stupid in my opinion. Um, episode eight, really the only episode that I truly had much of an issue with for reasons we discussed on the last episode. If you want to hear those thoughts, you can go listen to that one. Uh, but as a whole, man, you know, I said it to start the year or to start the season that there's a misconception that video game adaptations are not successful when the real line is they're not quality, you know? Yeah. Because let's look, like, look at like the Ratchet and Clank movie. That movie made money. 
that movie made its budget over uh, multiple times. Like, it made its money back. Same thing with, like, the World of Warcraft movie. It made its money back, you know? It, it, all of these things have typically made their money back, which deems them a success. Uh, this is the first one I've watched probably ever where I've said, you know, this is people that knew what they were doing, knew the story they were telling, knew what changes to make, and knew what buttons to press to, fit, you know, to make it work in television format. Because it's not easy. Okay, what the writers and producers and directors did with this show, it's not easy. They made it look easy, but it's really fucking not when you consider the track record of, of failures in terms of quality from video game adaptation. So, uh, last thing before we go, because this is the last Last of Us episode we're going to review for a while, boys. We better enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> what do we think, and I think this is the correct move in my opinion, what do we think about the rumor that has come out that Last of Us Part 2 is going to span multiple seasons. I Oh, sorry, Matt, you can go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think it's needed because Last of Us 2 has a lot going on, and it's not just centered around one character without getting into spoilers, uh, because there are literally two stories going on here. Um, We've already I think, mentioned Abby, bro. I don't know why we're yeah. dancing around that. We've mentioned well, Abby. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But yes, because, you know, Ellie is a big f factor in this game. Abby is a other really big factor in this game. So I think that this it's definitely going to need... And I can kind of see it. I can see one season being centered around Ellie and the other part, uh, yeah. other part being around Abby. That's kind of what I was thinking. You, you imagine kind of when they meet up at the theater at the midpoint of the game, you, you imagine yeah. like that might be where season two goes yeah. off on a cliffhanger. Yeah. That's that's exactly how I can see it happening, especially if they're talking about it being two seasons. It makes way too much sense. I uh, I honestly think it's a good idea because I think Rusty and I talked about this, and you really can't cram a 40, 50, 60 hour game into a two hour long movie so Jesus naturally Christ, man, man was playing it on grounded <laughs> mode shit jesus well, i mean <laughs> for uh, i mean for other games you know obviously not yeah. not this i think this one's more 40 hours but like you can't really cram it into a, a two and a half hour long movie which is why they decided to go with a tv show and i think that was a great decision because while again you're only gonna get about seven eight nine hours you know, 10 if you're spanning them an hour and a half, you know, a couple episodes. But if you had a little bit more time, I think there were some more scenes that you could have added. And while I don't, I'm not complaining about anything, any of the stuff that they took out, I think that having two seasons to tell the whole story will absolutely give us more time for Infected. Because yeah. I think yeah. that is why we didn't see a lot of them this season is because they they wanted to focus more on the people. And when they only had nine episodes and not even every episode being an hour long, you know, they didn't want to spend so much time on the infected because it was such a big part of the game. And I get that. But that is a lot of people's biggest critiques as we wanted more infected. So having season, having the second game be two seasons, I think not only will give us more ability to really change up this story in a good way, give more background, more depth, 
but also give us a little bit more of what the fans wanted from this season, more infected, more, you know, action scenes with them, and maybe, you know, more action scenes with Raiders. I mean, I really hope, because 100%. if they take out Raiders out of the second part, they could have a big problem, because they're a lot more involved, I think, in the second game than in the first game. But, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. I think that having two seasons is the way to go moving forward. So... I've explained it like this. Think about if they split, because there have been people like, oh, like you're just going to be dragging it out if you do that, this, that, the other. Well, here's what I've proposed. Think about all of the backstories you can give about the Seraphites. Think about all the backstory you can give about the wolves. Think about, you know, different stories. Think about, like, you know, Tommy, we hear a lot about what he does in Seattle in part two, but we don't see a lot of it, you know? So imagine if they dedicate an episode or two to that. Like, it to me, I feel like this is only a good thing. It means they can expand as much as they want upon the story, upon the lore. And I feel like that can only go well. I I feel like there's very, very little, there's very few ways that can be screwed up. So uh, Last of Us, HBO did an incredible job with this season. I'm fully expecting that season two will be knocked out of the park. Obviously, we're not going to see it until, I would say, probably mid to late 2024 at the earliest. Probably not going to see it until 2025, if we're being honest. You know, I, I think that, uh, Pedro Pascal was asked about it, and he said, you know, oh, it's coming. I don't think it's even been filmed yet, though. So, like, I don't think any of production has begun on it. So, uh, but it's been fun reviewing it. We have to get back to video game reviews now, unfortunately. Back to being a video game game podcast and not an HBO podcast. Uh, We're 100% reviewing the Mario movie. That's what That is 100% happening. We're reviewing that movie. It looks like it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm actually uh, but, excited about that. Oh, a ton. Same, brother. Same. But that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For two of the boys, for Kyle, for Matt, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening. <laughs>